find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, yo, what's good? What's cracking, BTB Army? This is the last podcast of 2020, y'all. We are 146 episodes deep. We ain't playing games over here. You know what I mean? That's how we get down with the Dust Brothers. If you did not know, you are listening to the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast. I am your host. My name is Ben Baller not Ben Humble, also known as the Korean John Cusack. Why do I say that? You know what? I've had like 15 random ass people tell me that I look like fucking John Cusack. No fucking idea. Big fan of his movies. He's actually a stud in real life. I'm just not six foot six white and from Chicago. I was born and raised in LA. I'm six feet, 200 pounds. You already know. Wash the fuck up. But yeah, this is the world famous award winning show. Yo, BTB Army, we got a great show for you guys today. We're gonna discuss about these fucking idiot anti maskers that rushed Erewhon. I'll tell you which guys, if you guys don't know what Erewhon is, I'll tell you guys later. Uh, the vaccine, all the issues with that, all the distrust. January 6th, supposed to be like fucking White Lives Matter D Day or some bullshit. We got fan questions. This will be the last fan questions that we do for this year. NFL picks, of course. Of course, the NFL picks, just my locks and the games I love. Um, by the way, guys, we are featured on Spotify. So for those of you who are listening on Spotify right now, how the fuck are you doing? People who want to change their life in 2021, why the fuck are you waiting until 2021? Do that shit right motherfucking now. Get ahead of the fucking curve. Staying ready so you don't have to get ready, all right? Dr. Drew's stupid dumbass got coronavirus. Rest in peace. To one of the best to ever do it, R.I.P. Shabadoo, a.k.a. Ozone. Uh, real name is Alfonso. Uh, I think it's Kionez. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, Mike Pence, cheap-ass, motherfucking rich white boy, tipped $5 on a $44 bill. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, the Clubhouse app, blowouts in NBA history, all kinds of shit on another brand new episode of Behind the Baller podcast. Miles Jordan, Lakey Lake, let's fucking go. So, um, people are like, oh, how the fuck you know about everything? You know, this, this, this. I only speak on shit that I do know. Somehow, some way, I'm the Forrest Gump, right? I've said that. Just always end up somewhere and somehow. And um, Erewhon is a is a health food store. That's what they were always known as. They were always known as a health food market. Okay, the original market was down the street, where um, like what is it? A block or two west of Fairfax on Beverly Boulevard, and the place used to be called Nowhere. So if you spell Nowhere backwards. It's Erewhon. The only thing is, it's not exactly that, but that's what it was. It was nowhere, and then be called Nowhere Cafe. So I guess the owner left, started Erewhon in the media center. And the funny thing is, the media center apartments is where I used to live, 7660 Beverly Boulevard. Never forget, obviously, I lived there. Who else lived there? I'll tell you. This guy by the name of Tupac Shakur. Yes, facts, guys. Why don't you Google Tupac Shakur? California driver's license, you'll see. Lived at 7660 Beverly Boulevard. I lived on the first floor though. So anyways, he got evicted too because that motherfucker used to be off the chain. We used to we used to have some crazy times there. A couple dudes from Bone Thugs lived in my building. Um, Sally Richardson, she was a big actress in the early 90s. Uh, but anyways, yeah, man, this was a, you know, this was a dope ass building. It's still there. It's damn near almost connected to the Grove and is right behind CBS Studios. And um, there is a market there called Erewhon, and it became super fucking popular amongst the, you know, the hipsters and the ritzy, rich people, whatever. And like, ASAP Rocky only shops there, you know, it was really tripped out. And I don't want to, every time I say anything to Rocky, he's like, motherfucker, you, you know everything, you know, blah, blah, I'm sick of your shit. And I just don't say anything to anybody any fucking more. But anyways, I used to live on top of the fucking market. 
this is like way more. They're like super, super, like they barely, I don't even think they even have, they, they might have milk there, but they don't really carry dairy products there. You know, um, I don't think you can get steak there, but it's like, you know, they get vitamins, you get all your health food shit, get your fucking wheatgrass, all that bullshit, get smoothies and stuff. But they had a really good turkey burger back in the day. They have really good salmon there and stuff. But anyways, this market's like popular. And the moral of the story is, 50 anti-maskers. I don't know where the fuck they came from. I don't know anything about it. I don't know too much about the story. I'm just telling you because I don't need to know much except for the fact that these fucking people are stupid as fuck. And they decided to rush the market to go inside with no masks on, scream, yelling. This fucking white, goofy-ass bitch was wearing no... She had no shoes on, bare feet, just doing stupid shit. Just disgusting. Gross. So they tried to go in there and whatever and try to disrupt that shit. It's getting videotaped. Then they went next fucking door to the Grove. Then they went to Farmer's Market, which is one of my favorite places in all Los Angeles. They went to Farmer's Market and tried to fucking go through and fuck with people. It's like, what the fuck is your problem? All right. And again, all this misinformation and it all comes from like these little fucking Facebook groups, all these little places like, yo, masks don't work. The CDC was wrong. They go back and forth. If you guys remember in the beginning of this year, I spoke about how stupid the fucking Surgeon General was about saying that masks don't stop this, they don't do that, they don't help. And you know what? They went from that. They had to reissue a statement in regarding to masks. And I had already called them out on it and I went hard on the dude. And you know, when you do that type of shit, you remember people are so fucking sensitive these days. They're so, like, think about you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and be like, do you know that girl? And let's just say, for instance, for whatever reason, you do know her, whatever. Let's just say you're innocent and you say, no, I don't know her. I mean, like, you know what the fuck? I'm so, I do know her. What the fuck am I talking about? No, I do know her. Boom. Or you, vice versa. You sound guilty. You look guilty. And that's the culture we live in now. If you're not immediately right on the right, that's why a lot of people sometimes take forever to reply. And some people are like, well, you don't want to collect my thoughts. Look, man, there's a fine line between how much time you can reply. And there's other people say, you could take all the fucking time you can. You do whatever the fuck you want to. And even if you are innocent, yes, I get it. But what I'm trying to say is, when lives are at stake and we're going through the fuck, they don't even, they didn't even know then how bad this pandemic was going to be, or maybe they did. How could you fucking say that masks were not going to work when, you know, they obviously do? Because if they didn't, why the fuck would doctors wear them inside the fucking operating rooms and inside fucking hospitals for the last 50 plus years or whatever the fuck, however long surgical masks have lasted. And it's more so even for the ones who, who are actually have the virus, right? And the ones who don't. Now, yes, an N95 can protect you from that. The other masks, it help a little bit. They, they might, you know, I don't know they, they could suppress a little bit, but the issue is for somebody who does have it, it helps from them spreading it by wearing a mask, not necessarily from someone else getting it. So if someone's not wearing a mask at all, you know, and they're sick, and they have the virus, and someone has N95, it's a better chance that you're going to protect yourself from that. Now, let's say that person has a cloth mask on, and they have the virus, and you're wearing a, a filtered mask or a fucking surgical mask, hey man, your chances are very, very low of getting it. So they do fucking work. People are just so fucking stupid, okay? And with that said, there's all this shit that people have already debunked, and you just, it just too much, there's way too much distrust in our leadership in the world. And it's sad. And with that, how do you not have common sense? Not necessarily using Google for certain things, but just having common sense. Like not everything is a fucking conspiracy, you know? And there's this saying, and they say, stupid people use conspiracies to make them feel smarter. And it's true. But with this vaccine, I'm going to do all the research I need to do. Jordan Winters, uh, the Dust Brothers, he found there's a vaccine that they're starting to, to administer now in the UK. I forgot what it was called, but it's not the Moderna. It's the more modern. It's a newer one and it's good. And I'm just trying to turn it research, right? I have, I have no one person that's taken um, the Pfizer. I know three people have taken Moderna and I'm kind of see what happens, right? And I know that it's not very good to take if you, if you have allergies and whatever. There's all kinds of different things. They're saying if, if girls have fillers and Botox and shit, it can make you swell up and whatever. And 
I don't give a fuck about my physical appearance like that. I'm not vain like that. It's not that deep. I remember when I used to care about how I looked, right? I just care about, you know, my hygiene. That's more important to me now. When it comes to the fucking vaccine, I definitely want to take it. But now all this shit is being delayed. You know, they were thinking, hey, man, by April, May, you know, the people who want to have it can take it. But now it's like, what, there's 14 million doses that have been delivered. The only problem is only 2 million have been administered, right? So like there's about to be 10 million fucking vaccine doses that are going to expire because the fucking shit is all fucked up. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. And then it just creates more conspiracy, more people like, oh, well, how come these went away? And what this and that, and, you know, fucking uh, you actually think that. Uh, Kamala Harris took the vaccine. That shit was a saline solution. It's like people are just so doubtful. Everyone is so doubtful. And I don't understand like the true reason, like why someone would say something. You know, I, I've heard it. Someone would be like, oh, you know, Ben's fucking, uh, he's not really rich or he doesn't have this. Or Who, Bro, if you don't know, why would you even say that? If you didn't have actual knowledge, even Farrakhan, he said, hey, you better make sure that if, Anyone tries to take that shot and you take that vaccine, you better make sure you see a black doctor take it first. It's like a fucking black doctor fucking invented it. There have been hundreds of thousands of black people who've taken the vaccine now worldwide. What the fuck are you talking about, Farrakhan? Do you know? And again, I'm not about left, right, black, white, none of that shit. I'm just about right and wrong. Do you know? And that's just where it's at. So nobody has to go take it. I'm just telling you guys that I'm very open to and I can't wait to because I'd like to get my fucking life going on and my kids have taken vaccine shots. None of them have any issues, whatever else. Yes, there's allergies. I have allergies that are already genetically inside me. I've had allergies all my life. I've dealt with them the best I can and, and they've, for the most part, I'm dealing with it. And we've figured out how to get London's under control and they controlled his life for a long time. But as for my kids, I don't know if they're gonna take it, but you know, they're not going anywhere for a while. But as far as like just the people that are so doubtful and just even my boy Chip the Ripper, who I want to have on the show and just, he's like, oh, Dr. Sebi, look, man, I love Dr. Sebi. Great, man. He's a fucking great dude. And you know, that vaccines are bad and blah, blah. Look, doc. And people say, oh, he was killed. Maybe he was. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not saying he wasn't murdered or wasn't no thing about that, whatever. All I'm saying is that what we've done thus far has been the most wrong of all wrong. There hasn't been anybody who's fucked up worse than we have in America, okay? You have to understand that every fucking country, pretty much every single major, the big economical, you know, cities, countries, they're all taking the fucking vaccine. They all went on real lockdown. You couldn't go and leave these areas. We have too much fucking freedom and too much bullshit say, and we have a dumbass fucking leader who just, again, you know, had this been Obama and people say, oh, it's bullshit or whatever, if Trump told people that they should take the vaccine, it's too late now. There's just too much bullshit and people hate him. No matter how many fucking people think, oh, blood, this and that. There's so much division in our country right now. And him, he keeps, Donald Trump keeps talking about January 6th. Oh, January 6th this and, you know, I'll see you there and we're going to do this. And they're, they're doing this Proud Boy shit. Like, I can't wait. Where the fuck are all the hardcore militant, you know what I'm saying, like colored people? Where are all the people of color that, that are ready to just bout it? Go to fucking D.C. and meet these motherfuckers. Be like, oh, you know you shouldn't fight violence. Fuck that. The Proud Boys, that whole crew needs to get their ass whipped. They need to get beat the fuck up. Straight up. Anyways, look. When I get a chance, I'm going to take the fucking vaccine. I'm going to do all the research I can. Obviously, there are people of major importance from Barack Obama down. Be like, oh, why the fuck? Blah, blah. Look, man. People judge people all the time for status, where they are in life and everything else. And it's like, I hate to say it, okay? Nobody's life is more valuable than the others. But when you sit here and judging, you know, 15 people who work in a grocery store or don't work at all and they're unemployed, you know, robbing people, doing crimes and everything else, and you think I'm going to listen to them who haven't had any experience in their lives with healthcare or any kind of philanthropy or anything, or I'm going to take you know, Barack Obama or someone like, I'm trying to think of somebody else that I know, maybe Ron Burkle, you know, my boy Dino, someone else who's a, a billionaire that is into health and into science and understands things and wants to extend their life and wants to be better. And, you know, two nights ago, SZA, yes, from TDE, SZA, the singer, 
she hit me up. She goes, Ben, look, man, you know, I want to let you know because I really like you and everything. And I don't want you to fuck up because I see that you're talking about the vaccine. But one of my really good friends, he took the vaccine, the H1N1 vaccine, and it ended up, you know, making him blind and everything else. And I was like, yo, that's fucking crazy. And, you know, I take all that shit into consideration, right? Even that balls palsy type shit, that shit was going to happen anyways. And people tried to, you know, it's all a statistics thing at this point. I need to figure out what's going to be best for me. And that's what I'm going to rock with. All right. So I just want to let you guys know that's the issue right now. And it's driving me fucking crazy. Just hearing the shit and just seeing everyone have so many different opinions. And again, they can have opinions, but then there is science and there's things that work and things that don't. And there's going to be clinical studies. And, you know, people are like, well, they haven't done, you know, trials yet and enough of this and this and this. Man, uh, that's not my issue. My issue is the people that are saying that the measles vaccine is what fucked and caused fucking autism. And there's this, this, and this in there. And it's like, how the fuck do you know? Because you've seen one thing. And people just get so deep into the conspiracy thing. And they don't sit there and be like, look, man, let me open my eyes up right now. Like, I don't care if I've been rocking with somebody for 75 years. If that person did wrong, I'm going to call them out on it. They said they did it wrong. But again, everyone that we live in, in this world that we know, Nobody really lives 100% life. No one really lives, lives a 90% life. Meaning if you lived your life and went through school and went through class or did certain things and took tests and you scored an 88% or better, you considered yourself doing pretty good. Not everyone just was able to, you had to work really hard to get a 95, to get an A plus, to get whatever. And, you know, we expect these vaccines to be a certain thing, but, you know, people all make up lies when it comes to numbers and things. And like, well, how will we ever know? And like another thing to even with like the raffle, with the watch giveaway, people are like, they're so skeptical. It's like, yo, bro, why would you participate in anything that drove you crazy? So again, you know, when things start opening up and people can't do things because they can't, like, oh, that's fucked up. That's, you know, forcing you to do something. Look at man, sometimes there's a bigger reason. There's a bigger cause. There's a bigger purpose for what we got to do in this world, Right. So there got to be sacrifices made. And please believe that there's many millionaires, homeowners, fucking teachers, you name it, all throughout Europe who have taken this vaccine, whether it was against their will or not. And you know what? I'm sure they're going to be all fine. And I'm sure there's going to be some that have some side effects. It's fucking life. And that's what's fucked up about this fucking coronavirus. And who's there to blame? There's no one to fucking blame. It's a fucking shitty thing. And guess what? You know what you do? You fucking adapt. And that's why I'm going to go into this next thing before we go into the fan questions. I see a lot of people in the last week talking about, yeah, man, I can't wait. You know, next week I'm going to change this. I'm going to start with this. Why the fuck are you waiting next week? Start tonight. Start tomorrow. Start in the morning. The fuck are you waiting for 2021? You can fucking start 2022 right now. Okay? And it's like, I tweeted out, um, something in, and it did really well. And I said, look, man, don't do the same shit you did this year. You know? And some people are like, well, uh, you know, there's, uh, an, uh, there's what? There's a pandemic going on. I don't know that. Who the fuck follows me and doesn't know that I don't know of all people that there's a fucking pandemic going on. No excuses. Why wait to change your life? Do that shit right fucking now. Okay. What does 2021 bring? I don't fucking know. There's going to be a bunch of uncertainties, a bunch of unknowns, right? That's why you stay ready. I stay prepared. I don't have to get ready, okay? This year, all kinds of shit hit me. And guess what? I was ready for all of it. And I was also ready to gamble. I was also ready to start a whole different fucking side of business I've never even thought of getting into with baseball cards. Jumped into the hobby and look what happened, all right? I sold over 1.2 million fucking baseball cards with my name on them. Never could have fucking told me that. Even last year, you couldn't even told me a month before, a week before. All right, you stay ready. You think of different things. You adapt, you change, you do all that shit. You fucking stick and move. And that's what you have to do. I'm not gonna do the same things I did in 2020, even if they were good in 21, because I know I gotta do something different and I have to move different. All right, so just letting you guys know, that's my take 
on changing or doing whatever and let me wait to do all this bullshit. Fuck all that. Uh, real quick, right before we get into these fan questions, look at, again, we are featured on Spotify now. Um, I kind of obviously favor the Apple podcast because it's the easiest thing for me to use on my phone and everything else. But I know a lot of my listeners fuck with Spotify. I know Spotify is fucking huge. So if you're listening to Spotify right now, appreciate you guys. Much love. Um, I will figure something out specifically for the Spotify listeners. I got to figure something out for Stitcher and the other other groups and all the other stuff. But anyways, just wanted to shout out to Spotify for featuring us as a featured podcast. And yo, Miles, you already know what to do, fam. Uh, we going to get to a break real quick. We got a commercial. Do we got, what the fuck we got? All right, let's get into these fan questions. Yo, let me get some Lakey Lake. We'll be right back. What up, what up? Yo, fan question time. This is the last set of fan questions we'll be doing in 2020. The next time we do these will be around my birthday. Yes, for those of you who don't know, my birthday is January 27th. Um, yeah, it'll probably be somewhere around my birthday or around that episode. Obviously, it'll be a weekend wrap, but we don't do questions during the week. But uh, this is a different thing because it is about to be the new year. So let's get right into these motherfucking questions. And uh, yo, here we go. Um, Pasadena Love. Hey, Ben, what's good, man? Huge fan. Just wanted to get some advice on parenting. I have three beautiful daughters, 14, 9, and 3. I adopted my two oldest daughters from the system. They've been through a lot. I've been having a hard time with my oldest daughter from severe depression to huge anxiety, and we're not just connecting. I love her to death, but I don't know. It seems like she doesn't want me as a father figure. It seems like parenting doesn't, parenting her doesn't seem to work from my perspective. Anything I tell her, it's the attitude, and I don't know if I feel like I'm in the dark hole. We have therapy every day for the last four years, and I'm just so tired. I feel depressed, not knowing how to help her. My two little ones are great. We have a huge connection. I just don't know how to have that with my oldest without making her feel like she's not appreciated. Well, Ben, huge shout out and continue for the best father figure to your amazing kids, L from Pasadena, City of Roses. Um, L, man. I mean, you know, nine is like, you know, closer to London's age, you know, London will be nine this year, uh, this coming year. So, you know, I kind of have gone in and, and um, um, you know, she's she's younger. I don't know how long you've obviously have had your kid, you know, have you how long you ago you adopted the 14-year-old. But um, that would say a lot, you know, um, if you'd even adopted her at like, you know, at, at six or at, you know, whatever, I mean, at, at eight or at 10, even worse, because this girl, like you said, has gone through the system. And uh, one, yo, you are a fucking a remarkable person for adopting anyone. You know how hard it is to adopt someone? I've seen people try to do it's tough. And the fact that you adopted an older kid, not just a little baby and anything, that's, you're a fucking, you're a saint. That's the, the first off. Second off, man, 14, bro, think, man, you know what kind of fucking shit? Like, my son's already going through it at eight about being stuck at home. So it's like, you know, I can't imagine what this year has brought to her and just, you know, just having to stay home and whatever and just... You know, she's at this point where she's trying to, you know, she's coming into becoming a, a young woman, you know, at 14, bro. Like, I'm going to talk about this in a bit, but she's about to start going through, you know, her menstrual cycle. She obviously has already gone through that. You know, I don't know what your wife or I don't know if you are married or, you know, your um your partner would obviously have to help. You know, you weren't there for her when she was born and everything. You know, this girl went through a lot of things. There's probably such deep, super psychological shit that's going on in her that, who knows if you make, if you can fix it. Um, does that mean stop? No, bro. I mean, you know, like at a certain point, you know, um, I mean, it's good that you're going through therapy, but I mean, bro, all you can do is keep trying, man. That's, that's really all you can do. I mean, she expects you to give up because she's probably gone through that with the system. But, you know, um, the thing is, and again, this is not my expertise at all. You know, I'm just giving, going by what I think. I know that, when couples have kids, like say for instance, like my boy, he got married and uh, his wife already had a kid. When he they had their own kid, it wasn't that he was favoring them and he was being hard on that. He, he still treated as, as good as he could, you know what I mean? Because the father wasn't around, but he was like, look, you guys are now closer because, you know, you guys share the same blood. And that was because, you know, the mom shared the same blood and, and this son that was hers and then his new son. Now, with your situation, they don't have the same DNA. And you have to explain to her that 
DNA doesn't define love, right? Right? It doesn't define family. Love defines love. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean just because, you know, I mean, she has your last name, but just because you guys don't share the same DNA doesn't mean you don't love her anymore. And obviously you went out of your way to, to do this and it's a difficult process. So, I mean, you know, you just have to try not to play any favorites, which is tough because obviously your three-year-old is, is yours and you got to just keep pushing, bro. I don't know. It, it's not easy, man. It's a fucking crazy time for everyone. So I pray for you, bro. I, I just hope that, uh, hope that everything works out, man. All right. Uh, stands, bands, stand bands one. Yo, Ben, love the podcast. Appreciate you for spin game. Consistently allow me to see inside your world. I'm 19 and I work as an insurance agent. And as you know, with being an entrepreneur and in sales, it can get tough. What kept you motivated when you were building your business and you hit turbulence along the way? And how did you find what you're passionate about? Appreciate it, love. Bro, I was just happy to, to be making money at that point. You know, especially at 19, I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm in college. Anything fucking helps, whatever, boom, even it's a couple hundred dollars. I can't imagine what times are like now. And I don't have a 19-year-old son. You know, um, my nieces are, are almost 19 and they're in college. You know, it's different because they live a different world as well. They're very sheltered. Um, I mean, you have a job, bro, and you should be thankful for it, period. And you should be saving money, you know. Fuck whatever you see on IG. If you want to flex, flex later, man. Stack until... It, whatever you want to buy is nothing, you know? So that's first off. Uh, you're going to hit turbulence, bro. Everyone did. It's 2020. It's fucked up. I know my situation is different, but obviously, again, I went through decades of fucking battlefields to get to where I am. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I, I felt like Thanos this year and I faced one of the ultimate challenges. But as far as like finding what I was passionate about, I was always passionate about music and cars and and just making money you know and somehow some way i was able to kind of do it through all those channels through through music through cars and uh through business shit you know through entertainment um now i'm obviously doing something totally different but i'm obviously podcasting and i'm not like we're not like making a, a lot of money here in podcasting but we do good and at the same time there are people who podcast and don't make any money at all there's people who podcast and make a ton of money and they've been doing it a lot longer than i have so you know I'm doing this out of passion. You know, this is something I love that I want to do and I'm not doing it for money. So you have to figure out what it is because not everyone can be passionate about something that they make money off of. Yes, there's guys in the NBA, but think about the numbers and think about how many people make it to the NBA and how many people don't and how many people are really good at basketball and they could be amazed. They could have did something and just something happened that didn't work out, whether they got in an argument with the coach or fucking who fucking knows they had a kid and just things didn't pan out. You, you never fucking know. So got to figure out what it is that you want to do in life, right? And sometimes there are jobs that I've done that weren't necessarily things. There are things I thought I, I no, I'm sorry, I was passionate about, but I ended up hating music because I was in the business. I was like, yo, this shit just made me, it's just such a dirty fucking game. And um, I ended up working it because it was making me money. So, you know, you just have to choose and you have to figure out what's more important. There's some people out there who, you know, are very happy with making 50, 60 grand a year. They're content. God bless those people. Those people are fucking champions. They're, they're soldiers. And uh, that's the best way I could describe it, dog. Uh, Mark, Cretian or Cretian writes, uh, Ben Salamat for the free game and awareness question. When you used to DJ, what was your first five ten records you were playing in the club? Second question, what was your best breakdancing combo? Happy holidays from the Castro family. Um, when I used to DJ, the first five ten records, see, the thing is, I didn't get to a point often where I had an opener. So most of my career, I, I was the opener, the closer. I was just the main events. You know, when I came on, boom. Um, it wasn't until like later, later, like where me and Am, I mean, Am opened up for me a few times here and there and DJ Vice and them. Um, so like usually when I was opening the club up, I would kind of do like a lot of R&B shit. So I would just kind of just get, get it started, you know, or I would play like some Tribe Called Quest things that were a little jazzy, you know, that kind of had, you know, something where you could bump because people weren't really, really dancing, dancing. I was just getting the mood right. I was just getting the ambiance in the club set up. You know, so like um, Debbie Records, like, you know, um, Georgie Porgy 
Eric Benet, you know, and Faith Evans, where I, you know, I play that going on, boom. But like, there's also points where I would play R&B in the middle of the night, like 20 years ago, um, Montel Jordan, Let's Get It On Tonight with L.O. Gucci. That was a fucking cracking song, right? Rough Ends, you know, No More. Um, Next, Too Close. Like, these are songs that would get it popping. And then I'd have to get another thing, you know, Diddy shit, whatever, boom. But usually my first records are, you know, are those. Now, when I would DJ in New York, you know, I wouldn't even get on until midnight. So there'd be like two different DJs. There'd be like a dinner club DJ from like maybe seven to like 10, then from like 10 to 12 to somebody else. And then at midnight, I'm like, all right, dog. I remember DJing like Mark Ronson and I'm like, all right, it's, it's on. And at that point, you know, I remember one of the first times I played at, um, was it spa? Or was it light? It was spa. And I threw on the thong song, you know, then when the fucking Michael Jackson, pretty little young, you know, it was just like different things, you know, what was my best breakdancing combo? I mean, I would pop, you know what I'm saying? I was popping here, here and there, boom. Then I would literally do a suicide, obviously, you know, a big backflip. And then from there, go into like, you know, footwork and go into a flare and then go with flare, go obviously end up into a backspin or something, you know, and just, that's what it was, man. It's crazy you said that because we're going to talk about Shabadoo in a little bit. What is this? Random as hell. Um, ASAP Fa writes, Zach Dalama. Yo, Ben, was good, man? Love the podcast. Been a fan for a long time, and this podcast inspires me. I want to know more about your relationship with the late, great Mac Miller. His music helped me out big time for my mental health. Do you ever listen to his stuff still? What was it like just being a genuine friend to him, and did you listen to the album Circles? Um, how do I say this, man? Um, you know, Mac met me when... I had kind of already been kind of popping, right? Like, so I'd have kind of been known in the jewelry world and he was interested in jewelry. And I met him when he was kind of, you know, he was definitely very popular, for sure. He had a cult following. He wasn't where he was towards, you know what I mean? Not because I met Mac in like, I met Mac in 2012, somewhere around that, 2012, 13. You know, we just became tight. And then we kind of were cool. And then right again, like around 16, we became super close. And um, we didn't talk about anything too deep unless he brought it up. And then he'd bring up things like depression, talked about his relationships with girls and, um, you know, how he was and everything. And like, he was just, Mac is a, it, Mac is a tripped out dude. Like Mac was like, every time I'd hang out with Mac, I'm like, God damn motherfucker, he'd be in pajamas. He'd be had motherfucking boogers in his nose. He's a tripped out dude. You know, he'd have a long night of drinking Jameson. And uh, then I remember seeing Mac through his sober times. And uh, he was happy. And then I remember when he fell off. And when he fell off, I was kind of concerned about him. But as far as his music, you know, I can't say I listened to a lot of it early on. The most recent album, I probably listened to the most. But then there was a song I like, Smile, you know. And it was like, it was just, I liked the song. Reminding me of when I was um, some of the older, older hip hop. But he definitely had a different sound, different style of music where I pretty much wasn't really listening to because I don't really listen to Tyler the, Tyler the Creator's music. I don't really listen to that music either. But Circles, man, was a different type of, you know, was, was definitely, you know, he come into a, a whole different monster. But um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, we, we were cool. Again, I mean, I was supposed to shoot a video the day he died with him. And um, he, man, I don't know. It's, it, he's one of the, the rarest celebrities that I've known because he was so supportive and, like if I needed him to help me something with my brother's video game, he's like, yeah, I got it. Boom, I got you. And he just was cool, man. It just, um, almost to the point where I think he felt awkward if he wasn't nice to me. And I was like, nah, bro, you know, but that's fam, man. I just, I now thinking about it, flashing through my head, I think about being at his fucking house the day he died. It was just fucking weird walking into the house and feeling that it was warm in there. It was just fucking crazy seeing his G-Wagon in the driveway and just seeing his body taken out by the fucking corner, that was that still, like I have chills on my arms right now, seeing the corner leave, was fucking crazy, anyways, AK The Plug writes, fan question, um, my name is Aber Khan, I'm from the 203, much love, Ben Yang Baller, best podcast in the game, I've been tapped in since the end of 2019, and I can genuinely say, this is therapy, straight facts, incredible insight, Ben was only one of the people giving me a warning about COVID months before it broke out. As a 20-year-old Asian, I can relate to many of your experiences. Huge inspiration. Question, if someone is business-minded and has aspirations of owning a business, what is your perspective on going to college to pursue an undergraduate or master's degree versus working a full-time job and gaining capital in order to start a business? Man, you really asking me this question right now, bro, because I'm going to tell you. 
and this is totally against my wife and everything else. There are some things that I learned, you know, early on in business that, you know, you learn. And the thing is, you can learn that at a community college at nighttime. You can learn that right fucking now, all right? As far as owning a business, you could take business courses, you could listen to fucking, you know, podcasts and tapes or anything, but really you do need the basic core business one-on-one. That's the most basic you'd need. You don't need to go to a university to get that. You don't. Sorry. Need to tell you that straight up. You don't need to put yourself in a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in debt to fucking pay for college. Fuck that. I rather you definitely work a full-time job gain the capital, start learning some things, start doing some hustles, figuring out what the ask, you know, what you want to do. Are you going to rent a place? You're going to sign a lease? Are you going to try to buy the fucking property? You know, are you going to be a landlord? Are you going to just have a business? And what are you, what are you going to sell? All right. You need to figure out what, you know, where are you going to set your corporation up? All right. Boom. You know, and, uh, you know, 203, what is that? Is that, is that, is that Connecticut? I don't even know. That's too Anyways, going on, long story short, definitely, I don't think that college is for everyone. And if it's just strictly for a business, I'd much rather you definitely gain capital working a job, if you have a job or finding a job, instead of getting in college. Cause it's just not, no, nothing's guaranteed anymore. It's bullshit. So no. Blade Brown 609 writes, uh, yo Ben, happy holidays to you and your family. My lady friend wants to visit LA as a present for her graduating grad school in summer 2021. Which hotels do you recommend to stay in that are affordable at a four-star level? Which area of LA do you recommend to stay in? Do you recommend renting a vehicle or to travel around or just use Uber Lyft? When I visited LA a couple years ago, I stayed downtown at the Standard. I wanted her to enjoy herself and have a good time without breaking the pockets too crazy. Your input is appreciated. Uh, Salute. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you, man. The Standard is definitely probably... Now, the rooms are going to be smaller, but look, man, I just feel like that's going to be the basic, like... I think you'll get the most bang for your buck in the standard. That's definitely for sure. Different style, whatever. Um, I like the standard. Uh, the standard downtown, you know, again, it's tough, man. LA is a big ass city, you know? So if you're going to be in downtown, then you kind of want to do downtown things. The only thing is summer 21, is everything going to be open by then? I don't fucking know. That's the only problem. Now, if everything is open, everything's cool and you're being safe. Yeah. You know, I recommend you, you know, um, Shit, you know, that's a tough one. I mean, I use Uber here and there because I'm drinking here and there, whatever. But, you know, if you want to really get around LA, I don't know if Uber is going to, it's definitely convenient. You don't have to worry about parking, but it could be a bitch. So I think renting a vehicle might be the move. And if you're going to do the standard, I would do the standard in Hollywood instead, right on Sunset Strip, because at least then you're near, you're next to Hollywood, you're near Beverly Hills, you're near all the other shit, you can go to the beach and whatever, I don't think you really need to go anywhere else, so that's a good start, I mean, the Andaz isn't bad either, um, it's more corporate feeling, but uh, I like the rooms a little better, obviously, that's just more my style, um, and you said not to break the bank, so that's tough, there's also another hotel called Le Parc, L-E space P-A-R-C, it's right by my store in the Beverly Center, and they have really big rooms, it's more, it feels like an apartment almost. So you're going to get a much more bigger room. It's definitely, you know, at least a four star and it's affordable and you'll get more space. Uh, the Montrose, I don't know if it's still around anymore. That was, it was crazy. It was legendary spot that we saw go to. Um, and again, I apologize. I don't know because I don't really stay at a lot of four star hotels. But yeah, man, <laughs> you know, if you could try to find some deals, I would try to find a deal and try to stay at the Mondrian. I'm looking at Expedia, and uh, I use Expedia all the time. But in LA, I don't really stay at a ton of hotels in Los Angeles. Obviously, I don't need to, but I used to just for fun to have parties and shit, so I didn't fuck up my own house. And when I did that, you know, I'd be at fucking, you know, the Peninsula, the bungalows and fucking Bradley's Hotel. Uh, I rented um, huge suite at the London. And um, I'm not a real big fan of the SLS. I never have been. I, I don't like the SLS at all. There's nothing about that hotel that I like at all. Um, even location is, is, it's cool. I'd rather be at the Sofitel, to be honest with you. Um, if you could spend a little bit more money and you could be somewhere, I think the Mr. C's hotel in Beverly Hills is really nice and it's not too bad as far as money goes. But again, man, you know, you're going to get more bang for your buck if you stay at a corporate hotel, like an Intercontinental or at a Hyatt at a fucking, um, I wouldn't do a Hilton. But again, I don't recommend downtown LA unless you're going to Laker games or Dodger games. So, you know, that's a tough one. I think 609 is Jersey, right? Is that where you're from? 
yeah, I think Hollywood's definitely the best bet. The W is really nice too. I think the W is not bad. I think the W is right there in the mix. And that can also take you, you know, near all the restaurants and places to eat. Definitely check out Mario's Peruvian spot if you stay there or if you fucking stay anywhere. Definitely do that. Blue Goose writes, what up, Ben? Huge fan of all your work, especially the podcast. My question is, with all your collectibles in the Million Dollar Man Cave, how do you keep your kids from touching, playing, or breaking your collectibles? I have a few things I collect. And when I have my nieces and nephews over around the same age as your kids, all they want to do is touch and play with things. Um, they just know. You know, you said it right there. And plus, all my things are on a wall. It's kind of like, don't touch this. And they've grown up knowing that. And the good thing is, only Kaya was the one that kind of wanted to, but that she's like, you know, she she gets it. Don't touch anything. There's a reason why it's separated. And again, I'm, you know, it's it's in a different part of the house. You know, it's completely like, it's almost a different house. It's completely detached from the main house. So, you know, it's just, you gotta be stern, bro. You know, you can't be, in a way, it's kind of like, you, you once you lay the law down, and be like, yo, no, don't fuck around. I think uh, they'll kind of be like, oh man, fucking uncle's fucking whack, but, you know, they won't touch your shit. Uh, J4356 writes, what up, man? Jada Cuss from Camden, New Jersey was wondering, how did you meet your assistant and what did he do say to win and gain your trust? Maybe have him as a guest. I met Sean in 2012 when I was moving from my condo in Beverly Hills to a house and he uh, was buying a bunch of shit. I was selling a bunch of Supreme Nikes, all just random ass shit, like all clothes, just, yeah, just a lot of Supreme and a lot of Bape and everything else. We're just getting rid of a bunch of stuff. And he was there to buy it. He was lurking on Twitter and he was real young. He was like 20 years old. And, um, you know, throughout years, he just started working, helping out, just very trustworthy. I found out his background, found out he, uh, um, my assistant was, uh, was best friends with Elvis Presley's grandson. So Lisa Marie Presley's uh, son, who had uh, recently passed away, committed suicide. It's crazy. Rest in peace to him. Um, my assistant was his best friend. They grew up together and everything else. So he kind of been around a type of private family that, you know, there was obviously a lot of celebrities, things like that, whatever, and dealing with the Presley family name. I figured, obviously, this guy's trustworthy. And then um, being around my kids as they were being born, one, two, and the third time, and he's always helped out, and he's been really good, and, and it just took a long time, you know. Um, it took a long time to gain a certain level of trust. I think it took at least two or three years, and uh, it took some some coaching, too. And I've had other assistants that help here and there, but this was like, the, you know, this is the real deal. Um, as a guest, I don't know, man. He's, Sean's just not... <laughs> he's... He's he's pretty pretty chill. I don't know. I, I'll ask him and we'll see, man. Thanks though. Mia Yu one twenty five writes Mia Meow Yu. Ben, awesome podcast. I listen to every episode from zero to one hundred forty four. How do you? Okay, number one. How do you think people are dating meeting during the pandemic? Also, could you recommend some reputable dating sites? Um, I don't know anything about dating sites. I don't know shit. All that shit happened way after I had already got with Nicolette. Um, how are people made? I have no fucking clue. I have no idea. I do know that people are getting sick and they're getting STDs and all this other crazy shit. So I don't know. And I have no recommendations. I don't know shit. Last time I heard about dating sites was fucking, was Tinder, I think, or something like that. Um, number two, what men's Rolex watch would you recommend? My budget is around 10K. What are your thoughts on a date just 41 Oyster? How about if my budget was 30K? If your budget's around 10K, now I would get a date just if you're wearing suits and you want to have more of that, that upscale look. Now, if you're more of a sporty person, I would 100% say get a 2002 or newer, a K-Serial letter or newer Submariner. And if you could find a Submariner at retail, brand new, then that's cool too. I still rather get a used watch. So if you want to get a ceramic bezel one, you know, get a 2009 or newer, 2008 or newer with the card and uh, you always have your money back. You'll literally always get your money back. Now, if your budget's 30K, I would say try to get a rose gold Daytona if you can. That's what I would do. Or a yellow gold Daytona. That, that'd probably be it. Um, and thank you very much for the, the love for DJ Homicide. I don't know what the fuck this says. There's like some some fucking some tribal writing. Uh, great show. Hey, Ben. How can I tell if a bear brick is real or fake? Oh, this is Frank's. Um, be honest with you, 
you're going to have to go to a place that sells real Medicom products and you look at a bare brick. Once you look at it and really look at a product and look at it carefully and hold it. And now a lot of bare bricks are made from different textures or anything else. Yes, the general thing is plastic, but you know, a lot of the OG ones are vinyl. You have to just hold one in your hands. Now, some of the really old ones, like the cause ones, they were actually hand painted so that they feel different, but you have to just hold a certain amount of bare bricks and you'll see. The shape is not exactly the same. They just don't feel the same. They don't look the same. They look deformed. So you, you'll just know when you look at it, bro. Especially after you're looking at things, you can tell. you know. And if you can't, then you need to just be around them more. Uh, last question is from Chapo Mendo. Fan question. What up, Ben? My name is Anthony. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I was wondering if you had any cool stories, favorite restaurants, favorite spots to be at when in Boston, or any stories about traveling to Mexico. Uh, gracias. Not really any cool stories, man. You know, obviously, Gangstar, you know, grew and, and uh, he's from Roxbury Projects. Uh, friends of Mark Wahlberg. So, you know, never hung out with Mark in, in Boston, though. I know he's there. Uh, my sister and brother went to school in Boston. My cousin, who was my best friend growing up, he went to BU. So, you know, we'd hang out on Newberry Street and shit. Um, I can't remember any fucking restaurants that I really cared about. Uh, there is a fucking store. I think it is on Newberry. I forgot what the fuck it's called. It starts with a C or something. But it's a super dope store. They got bear, bear They got fucking uh, four-foot cause figures in there and everything else. Um, any stories about traveling to Mexico? I've been to Mexico 30 times, bro. Like, I, I can't even explain it. I don't know. Like, I never had any bad stories in Mexico. That's a good thing. But, um... I've seen a fucking donkey fuck a chick before. I was pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucking terrible. But yeah, that's how we end the fan questions, guys. Anyways, yo, Miles, man. Throw on a little lakey lake and let's get back to the end of the show. Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? So we're about to go into the outro of the show now. And uh, I think we should get into the sports shit real quick, get into the betting and the, the picks and all that stuff. And uh, as I said before, I don't want this episode to be too long. Um, I want you guys to enjoy your New Year's Eve and everything tonight and be safe, please. And um, I'm doing a post-bath party. I'm going to have some sushi and I'm going to have some fucking pizza for the kids and I'm just going to kick it and chill. I might get drunk. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but we're just chilling, immediate family. We don't, you know, we, that's what we did for Christmas. Um, so as I said on the last episode, I'm not really going to speak too much on the NBA until I'm ready to, like, I just, I just, even though there was no games, NBA, no NFL games, right, you know, this week, whatever, um, there's no games tonight. I'm watching the Lakers here and there, but I just don't get into it early on, man. I just, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't, it doesn't hit me the same. I just, I'm just a weird dude. Like I'm focused on football and I can't stop thinking about that Seahawks could possibly get to the Super Bowl. I'm wishful thinking, but there are too many fucking blowouts going on right now. That just means there's just too much weird shit. And it's early on. People are still dealing with this fucking weird thing without playing without fans. And just imagine really being there. Yes, you hear sounds and everything, but being there and not playing, it's just like a fucking weird thing. And it has to, it, these games count, right? I don't know. It's just weird. There's so many blowouts that are happening and fucking, um, I mean, last night, even the Charlotte Hornets, you know, they gave the business to Dallas, you know, so, uh, Donkic is, uh, you know, I mean, bro, like, I told you guys already, I'm a big fucking fan of LaMelo Ball, and he did his fucking thing last night. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are a fucking problem. You see fucking Durant, he's fucking unguardable. You see Kyrie going at Trey Young. I did watch a little basketball last night, I'm just saying. Shit is crazy, okay? But right now, we need to get into this fucking football shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this part of the episode is brought to you by my bookie. .ag. If you are starting an account, which you should, use promo code BENBALLER, and that will help you get double your deposit up to $1,000 in free play. Guys, this is the last week of the season, so let's make some fucking money, all right? I am not touching the Steelers, Browns, the Jets, Pats, Falcons, Bucks, Raiders, Broncos, Dolphins, Bills, or the Chiefs, Chargers. All right, not touching those games. Remember, we're gonna get fucking straight G on you guys. All right, look, I love these games. If you are only willing to buy three points, all right, guys. The Ravens minus thirteen over the Bengals. Same with the Titans, minus seven and a half versus the Texans. 
Packers over the Bears, minus six. Saints, minus six and a half over the Panthers. Seahawks, minus six over the Niners. Colts, minus 14 over the Jaguars. So those are the original lines, right? Let me explain what I mean. I love these games if you buy it down, which would give that the Ravens would be minus 10, Titans would be minus four and a half, Packers would be minus three, the Saints would be minus three and a half, the Seahawks would be minus three, and the Colts would be minus 11, all right? That's what I love on those, but those aren't my locks, all right? I have 14 and two against the spread on my locks. What the fuck do I know, right? All right, guys, my locks against the spread as of right now. I like the Cowboys minus two and a half over the Giants lock. I like the Cardinals minus three over the Rams. They don't have Goff. They don't have Cup lock. And lastly, Sunday night, Eagles plus one and a half over the Washington football team, which would make Dallas Cowboys the NFC East champs. All right, guys, those are my three locks for week 17. Again, Let's make some motherfucking money. Let me know, man. Post some tickets, whatever the fuck you guys got to do. And yeah, that's what it is. All right. Listen, guys. I grew up breakdancing heavy into that culture. It's something that brings me to think about my brother, who uh, me and my brother aren't very close right now. And, um, you know, he's taking me to the Radiotron in 1983, 84 and all that. And all the, I met Ice-T then. And I met this guy who was one of the very few people that I idolized. It was His name was Shabadoo, right? And in the movie Breaking, his name was Ozone. Now, I idolized Boogaloo Shrimp 10 times more, right? But it was just a different thing. I respected both of them. This man is such an OG. He, um, he created pop locking. You know, you would see him. But it was a fucking super OG LA dance. You know, pop locking was like a real West Coast thing. And, you know, he was on a TV show, What's Happening. He was on these other things. He motherfucker could dance his ass off. And that time in my life, man, it just really makes me think about that movie and just how deep I was into breakdancing and how I would go to the fucking Cerritos Mall, the fucking Santa Anita Mall. I'll go anywhere where the breakdancing was and we try to battle people and then obviously go to the Radiotron and, and do that. And, and, and um, so, uh, yeah, Shabadoo had passed away. They don't know if it was from COVID yet. He said he tested negative. But he was just, you know, he posted an Instagram post and he was in bed. He was not COVID and just, I don't know, fell asleep and he fucking died yesterday. It was crazy. So, you know, um, he was somebody I looked up to. And uh, the only people I could think of that I looked up to before that was maybe Bruce Lee and like Magic Johnson was like right around the time. Probably like, I would think I probably looked at Shad Badu even more than I looked at Magic Johnson back then. It was just really very few people I looked up to growing up and he was one of them. Fucking sad, man. So yeah, rest in peace to uh, Shabadoo, man. You know, it's crazy shit. Breaking's one of my favorite fucking movies, man. It was just really fucked me up. That movie was something else, man. Seeing that in the theaters and just that whole thing early on. It was just, wow, man. I was, I was deep, heavy in a breakdancing. Um, Dr. Drew, who I told you guys was an absolute fucking dipshit, dumb fuck, stupid motherfucker. He was downplaying the virus saying this, that, and the third, and everything else. Well, his dumbass got coronavirus, and now he's changing his tune. Look, check this out. Dr. Drew, I'd love to have you on the show to tell you, fuck you, you're a fucking hoe. And all the people that are just out there with a the gigantic platform who are fucking, you're a doctor? You ain't a fucking doctor. And fuck you, man. Anyways, he got coronavirus. He's an idiot. Um, by the way, I'm seeing people in South Beach last night. is fucking packed. Like, I'm talking... It looks like 2019 New Year's Eve, and it's crazy. You know, like, what the fuck? By the way, if you guys don't know, this ain't a conspiracy. This is the truth. They're not testing as much in Florida, okay? They're not testing anywhere near where we're testing in California, and they are number three in the highest infection rates. So you don't think, or highest new cases, whatever, you don't think that they're fucking way more than we, way fucking more. You know, I've already talked about this. It's just fucking stupid. And by the way, there was some stupid-ass shit here in downtown LA last night in uh, Skid Row, like having to fucking bunch people like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And let me get this straight. People are like, oh man, you're out doing these car meets. You're never going to see me next to anybody. You're going to see a face shield on me, certain things I'm doing, charity stuff. You're never going to see me shake anybody's hand. I'm not getting, I'm not taking the mask off. I'm not getting near anybody. I'm not sitting down having a meal. I'm not even drinking water around you motherfuckers. 
I'm going for a cause and I'm being safe. And guess what? Not one fucking person has ever caught shit at a quick strike because we would hear about it. Now, Mike Pence went to some restaurant and the waiter posted the bill and um, there was a lot of hate going on here and there. Look, I don't fuck with Mike Pence. You already know that. But he tipped $5 on a $44 bill. Okay. The bill was 44 bucks. It was uh it was definitely not a cheap spot. It was definitely, you know, like a nicer cafe I could see by the thing. Cause you know, they're charging like fucking, um, I think it was $10 for two juices and uh, it was like 30 bucks for two sandwiches. It was, it was a decent spot. Now, um, he tipped $5. Obviously he's not sitting down eating. So it's takeout. Okay. Now, mind you, this is the weird thing. I even had, a, had an issue with this before. Prior to the pandemic, I won't lie to you. If I was getting food taken out and I was just grabbing it and I was taking, I was leaving, I wasn't sitting down. I wasn't being served. It wasn't a big deal. It was a bag. You know what? Most of the time, I probably would, would I, I, by myself, I'd maybe tip five bucks, three bucks here and there. And people were like, man, fuck this dude, Ben, blah, blah. Who the fuck knows? I, it wasn't really a thing. It was takeout. Ever since the pandemic happened, like when I go to TOT, when I go to Todd, look, my bill might be 20 bucks and I'm tipping $20. You know, I'm tipping at least 10, 12 minimum. When I'm doing something like, you know, takeout, I'm tipping heavy. When I'm doing Postmates, a little weird situation because they're fucking hitting you in the head so fucking hard. And yes, the driver gets fucked and the restaurant gets fucked. Who wins? They say the fucking, the food service company. But just, just saying, like, I, I tip. Now, Mike Pence, you're such a fucking heavily scrutinized public figure. You're the vice president. You got paper. Yeah, bro, come on, dog. You need to come up on that motherfucking $10, bro. You could have paid fucking, you know, gave them 15, 20%, bro. Like it is a pandemic. Motherfuckers is helping you out. And what the fuck are you doing using a goddamn fucking Discover card? It's fucking weirdos. Anyways, for those of you who don't know, in Asia, Japan and Korea and in China, there is no such thing as tipping. They don't allow tipping. They don't accept tipping. So what happens is the people that work at these restaurants, they get paid well enough to where they don't rely on tips or anything else. They just get paid for serving and they got to do a good job. All right. And you don't tip, you just pay a price. So if your fucking dinner is a hundred dollars, that's what it is. Now, if that was done here, it'd be fucking amazing, you know, because it just be, you already know. But then at the same time, something happens, they have the different severances and there's other shit. But I just like the fact that there's no tipping in Asia. It's just what it is. Unless you go to a nightclub or you go to like a, a karaoke bar or something like shit like that. But just letting you guys know that's what that is, all right? Lastly, guys, I have been on the Clubhouse app now for six months, six months. Um, I had to change my name, so I came back on. It says I joined in October, but I really did join in June. Um, but I've been using Clubhouse more. It's like a party line. It's fun, and I've been on there checking things out, and I'm laughing. I see people here and there, whatever. So if you're on Clubhouse, follow me, obviously, Ben Baller. Um, but yeah, just, it's, it's a cool app, you know, it's blowing up and, um, Twitter try to do something similar to it. Definitely not the same, but it's a cool app. Uh, I dig it and definitely, uh, I'm going to start using it more. We'll see what happens. By the way, guys, I wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, happy new year. And I love you guys so much. You have no idea. That's why I do these giveaways. That's why I have this fun. And I love listeners. You guys are so loyal. You guys are so amazing. I did mention on Twitter last night that I do want to FaceTime some fans. I can't do a ton of it because obviously FaceTimes could last, you know, 20, 30 minutes here and there. But I'd like to maybe FaceTime five people for five minutes, you know, so I'm kind of like picking some people on Twitter. So I don't know. I do think if you went into the thread and said, hey, man, look, I'm a BTB subscriber or whatever and show that, that might help. But I don't know. Um, I just thought about it. I was like, fuck it. You know, why not, man? We're standing at home. I could fucking use my kid's email address and uh, connect that to FaceTime you guys. So anyways... Again, please be safe tonight. Please don't go to no fucking party and whatever else. And again, remember, always remember, 2019, 2020, 2021, 23, 27, 2030. Always know, this is not your practice life. All right, guys, that's it for 2020, yo. Behind the baller, another year under our belts. I'm so excited to hit 2021. I love you guys so much. Dust Brothers, you guys are the fucking best. Legal Cartel, can't tell you how much I appreciate the theme song. And of course, my brother, Lakey Lake. What's good, fam? Yo, you already know, man. Yo, take us the fuck out of here, guys. All right, peace, y'all.